0: Hey there, I'm Consequences Sound film editor Dominic Suzanne Mayer, host of Filmography, a filmmaker's podcast. Every quarter I spotlight a different visionary director and team up with a rotating panel of guests for a comprehensive dive into that director's body of work. From style to performance to the little things you might not have caught on a first, second, or third viewing, Filmography turns the lens around for a closer look at the greatest visionaries of the silver screen. Find us at Consequences Sound, iTunes, or wherever you procure fine podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK, Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sounds, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from, hit that subscribe button right now so you can keep up with the series and all of these interviews that I do. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind. They've just released a new EP called Thank You for Everything. That's a covers EP. We're going to talk about covering folks like Queens of the Stone Age and Bon Averre, uh, especially Chastity Belt. He's going to tell me about uh, recording the song Joke. There's also some discussions of uh, folks' perceptions of Third Eye Blind. And he gives me a little tip and an updates on what we can expect from the next record and when we can expect it. It's Kyle Meredith with Third Eye Blind. Hi, Kyle. Happy to talk to you. This this new EP, Thanks for Everything. The math is right, right? You're living in the land of the EPs. Isn't this the third one in three years?
2: Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, there are a lot of, in the sort of classic 70s, seven songs made, a, made an LP. So call it what you will. <laughs> I mean, just our um, records tend to be much longer, and I'm comfortable with them being shorter now. Yeah. You know, seven songs in this day and age is still a long listen.
0: With it being a covers record, though, you know, it's called Thanks for Everything. As a thank you, you know, lot says it in the title right there. Was there any game plan? Yeah. How far do you push a cover to somewhere else, or do you try to stay true to it? Was there any of that talk going into it?
2: There's no um, cookie cutter for it. So, like a track like "In the Fade" is pretty much unrecognizable from the Queen's of Stone Age version, and what it yields—a good song—sort of yields an emotional condition. So, you know, "In the Fade" from from Queens of the Stone Age um is a different thing, you know, than, you know, Love Me Harder with by Ariana Grande. Like there's just they, they yield this different state and it's interesting that you can get different kinds of you can kind of evoke something different from the same song. But that wasn't like the high minded thinking that brought that song together. It was just like we had a day off, we were um recording in a friend's house. We set up in his um in his house. It was a Spanish house and this sort of main room was very bright and um, I was like, this sounds like the power station. It sounds like Tony Thompson or something. And so we, we were sort of jamming in that kind of like like almost 80s power station funk vibe. And we just let that lead us into the way that we um, rendered that song. Yeah. So there's really no, it's really quite thoughtless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do love how it, how it came out. You know, for several of these songs, like I wasn't as familiar with Chastity Belt's joke beforehand. And I, and I so love good. your, ver- like, I love your version. Your song, it, it stood out to me. I, I went and listened, of course. I chased down the original after that. A- as I did for all these, you know, some of these I knew, but I still went back and checked them out. Like, I hadn't listened to them in a long time. But I will say especially that one, like, that's a hell of a rendition right there.
2: Oh, thanks, but there's just, I, I'm not even close to Julia's uh, vocal. Like, she, I said she's like the Nico of the Northwest. deep, deep, deep into Seattle. And there's so many things I love about Chastity Belt. We saw them in Berlin. We were both playing Berlin at the time, and, and um, they make so much space for each other when they play. It's just like kind of crazy how they how they do that. There's there's two guitar players, and they're both playing their own kind of kind of lead liney things, their own little their bit, but they're always trying to make room for the other. And I, and I I love that kind of like gracious way of playing. And we don't have that at all. That's why I was standing there. And I was like, I don't know, somebody in my band turns to me and goes, we will never be able to play like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but I know that's... And in Julia's voice, it's just like, I I mean, she sounds like Nico to me, but without, like, Nico without the pretense.
0: I, I did read that that was sort of some of the kind of reason for doing this record is, is uh, I guess, you know, for inspiration going into the next record. I mean, do you take those things right there, and do you try to apply that to what you're writing
2: I definitely think it's a palate cleanser, and this is, you know, Brad, our drummer, was talking about. This was like, we're like, we have this studio time, but we're not ready to actually track. And I'm like, well, let's, you know, we have this day off in Düsseldorf, Germany. Let's let's get in a studio, and I mean, that's where we 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 recorded Blood Bank there. And it was great. It was cloudy, and it's kind of perfect because his music's very cloudy. And uh, you know, Brad was saying like it's 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 really good to get into different rhythms, at different harmonic, at different different intervals in the vocal, like and it's kind of like a palate cleanser. Does it influence? I don't know. I don't know. It definitely felt better for how we're gonna go about doing what we do next, but I'm not sure how much of it, it's
0: influencing it. Well the interesting thing about these song choices, none of them are and I'll put in quotes hits, you know, if you will. And I thought that really does make it a standalone record. You, you know, it's sort of in the way you were talking, you know, about the seven tracks as well, but it, it sort of makes it its own thing where as if this were any kind of a hits package or even had some really big radio songs on there, it feels like it would throw it off or that would have automatically become the center of attention. And, and maybe you answered it earlier where you yeah. said there wasn't a lot of thought that went into it, but did you did you sort of, did you try to stay away from really popular songs by any kind of purpose?
2: I did. I didn't want to do songs that people already had their, most people already had their own. I wanted to be, to be able to, to listen to this record and for it to be new to you, you know, basically fresh to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see the point in, in, you know, redoing somebody else's huge hit song. Not that I wouldn't, you know, at some point, but um, I don't know. It just, sometimes that feels a little bit, for me, it feels a little bit, turns into to kind of like a commercial venture and clearly this is not a commercial venture since we're giving all the money away
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is very admirable um you, you should you should go ahead and plug that or plug that uh, you know talk about that as well uh wh- where's the money going on this um this is
2: supporting the warhol museum um in pittsburgh everybody in the band we like to go out to uh galleries and uh museums on tour and some places for example, um, the Warhol has an outreach program, and when we were there, there are all these little kids rolling in, and um, you could just see that they were getting ignited by um, what was going on. And, and there's something flippant and accessible about Warhol, where he's just like, you know, very proto-punk, and like, and like, I'm just going to take this thing and just stamp it. And that you could see that those kids just lifting up from it. And so we were like, we should. just we should just donate this because, you know, we didn't write these songs. So this is kind of like, (laughs) this is all kind of a gift. Let's just keep it, keep that gift rolling forward. We put this, the, uh, by the way, like the the studio costs off. So um, just one of the keep it real, like we did do that. The
0: other thing I want to ask about, is sort of about the, I'm going to say thread, is that a lot of these songs are sort of more recent in a way, uh, not including the Tim Buckley, right? I mean, everything else is sort of, isn't it like baby shambles on?
2: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a very nostalgic person, you know. I just I mean, I love Parallel Lines, it's a great record, but I don't I don't want to do the covers on it. And uh Edith Piaf's great too, but I I I don't know. It's possible we could have done some old song like that, but it's just not what came up.
0: It's interesting because you you know you look at what some folks and and I'm not talking about your active fan base because I don't think that they're surprised in your taste of music at all. If you follow you, you've been covering Blood Bank for you know a while now. That's you know so that part's pretty obvious. But for the folks who don't follow, I think that's you know that's that's what I read that they find some surprise in this. Like there seems to be a battle between what some folks thinks Third Eye Blind are versus. You know what you're showing yourself and the artists you're covering. I don't even know if you give a damn about that, but I sort of saw that perception out there. As yeah, I, would I don't, read about, I it. don't
2: give a, give a hoot what they they think. They're just so yeah, they have no idea what we're doing. They're just lazy. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We just um, we've always lived in this space, and uh, so there's no moving into some different thing.
0: Are the uh, the studio songs that you had talked about for the original Summer Gods EP, are those still active? Are they abandoned?
2: No, there's. I have 27 songs start, and we're going to go work on one of them today. And, you know, I wrote some stuff over... We took a month off, took August off, um, and I took a guitar and wrote some stuff. And, you know, messed around with, with those demos in the studio yesterday. So, no, we're we're...
0: In, in uh, last time we talked, you had also been doing that anniversary of the uh, the debut record and and you said there's no way we should count right. on you doing the same thing for blue next year. is that still no. is that still off the table like no big celebration for that record?
2: We're super not gonna do a blue tour, yeah, I promise
0: <laughs> yeah
2: or Maybe no, on, like that playing a show on that day, we might play i don't know red summer sun or something right. like there could be something that gets played from that record, but uh. No, no, we're fully, like, what I want to do is just completely blow every idea to smithereens and then from the stardust of that explosion make a whole new sound. That's what I want to do. And I don't really have, yeah, any interest in doing anything else. Yeah, I just don't want to have any third eye, like, you know, like, like the third eye band sound is what provokes us. That's it. That's the definition. There's no other... Last of the rock bands, I think, you know, there just aren't very many people who are like, not only can play, but like have developed that empathy with each other as musicians so that, like, you know, we can go in as a unit and just thump. Like, there's a few, but there just aren't very many. And it's a great thing to have when we play live because we stretch tempos, we can go. uh, There's a feeling that you get when, when, when a band like ours plays live, which is like, we're not playing along to somebody's click track, um, or to somebody's MacBook pro. So there's a sense of spontaneity of possibility that happens. And that is that you can see that lift people up. So it's a thing I really value, but I'm not, I'm not rooted to it in the studio. Like we can, if we, some songs we're going to play, uh, you know, one, two, three, four, and, and play them live in the studio. There's a song called the kids are coming um, to take you down and, um you know that 's a song that will just be you know played live, looking at each other in a room, and then there's other songs that will will use totally different methods of getting to that emotional condition that is, is the point of the song um so i 'm just saying that like I really don 't like being held down to any
0: expectations well that 's what keeps it exciting for us yeah i mean i can 't wait to hear what the new material sounds like you know you've you 've talked about it you 've baited me. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it. I think it's going to be a much more immediate record.
2: A lot of our records take you need to kind of like live with them for a while. This one ought to be able to just will just like make itself at home very quickly. That's kind of the thing that I was thinking of. And like we played so many festivals, I always have sort of a, a, a mind. I, I would see kind of like the visual of it. Like I'm, I'm I'm seeing it being played and heard, and a lot of that is about like it's it's kind of meant to be absorbed in groups. Like, I remember the first time
0: I saw, uh, what's it? Uh,
2: get high, that paper, get high, light, planes. Was um, it M.I.A.? Called, yeah, M.I.A., yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first time I ever heard that song, she was playing a festival. And the very first time I heard it, I went, oh, yep, this owns me, whatever this is. Like, I'm just I'm just in. I'm all the way in this landscape. So I kind of look for that feeling as I'm playing. I, I would say that's that's my only kind of... Also, it's like I'm just dying to be freaked. Anytime there's like a chord or a, uh, you know, like a chord change or, or something that just feels kind of tried and true, I'm just like, get rid of it. Like any phrasing, I, I just want it to be like, I want to be able to be blasting this in London and for it to feel right. It's got to stay strange for me.
0: Well, knowing full and well that you might blow the date out of the water, is there, a, is there at least a, a hope of when we might hear some finished stuff.
2: Yeah, spring for sure. That's really, I mean, that's what I'm working on. You know, we're we're working on it now, but um,
0: just things getting
2: away. And we've got some festivals and a few like Um But we're you know we're on the job for for spring. I hope. It's yeah, pretty- but I was just thinking, it was like, it's like keeping it strange is like like that's like one of my kind of criteria. But I was, but I, as I was saying that, the thing that occurred to me is like, what's fucking stranger than like a rock band? There's like four of us left. <laughs> you know, so uh, that could be something weird. Like one of the weirdest things you could possibly do is have no click track and count it off. People are like, "What the fuck is this?"
0: <laughs> oh, cool, man. Well, Stephen, thanks so much for uh, for chatting today. Uh, I should say thanks for everything. That's that's how I should wrap this up, right? I should say thanks for everything. <laughs> okay, man. It was a pleasure to talking to you again. Uh, hopefully, we can do this in the spring with uh, with new music. Yep. Talk to you again. All Bye. right. Take care. Bye. My thanks to Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. Again, that new covers record is called Thank You for Everything. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button right now so you can keep up with all of these interviews, whether you're listening on YouTube uh, or you're listening to the podcast version, iTunes, Podchaser. I also give it a rating, leave a review as well. After that, you can head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you'll also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.